and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Art Tenders with Mac and Dan. I am Dan, he is Mac. What's up? And th- we have a lot to get to today. <laughs> we uh, we just finished watching the TV series titled Berserk. Not to be confused with the the adaption done in the twenty about 2016. Which is called... Which is also called Berserk. Yeah. We're, we're gonna get to that. Um, but this version of Berserk, which released in 1997, uh, is an adaption of a manga and takes place during a very particular arc. It's basically the first arc of the manga. And we say just finished because I had already finished the show, first of all, a few days ago. And second of all, a few years ago when I watched it the first time. But Mac, not even 30 minutes ago, just finished the series right next to me um and i mean there's so much to get to and uh obviously there are going to be spoilers but every conversation we have has spoilers but the reason why mac i picked this show in the first place is because of the feeling that you have in your heart right now because what the show does if for those of you who don't watch uh who haven't watched it and have no interest in watching it Essentially, you're set up this entire show to care about this cast of characters and what they do, and it becomes a really interesting character study. Um, I don't think the show really spends a good amount of time in plot, but it's not really focused on the plot. It's more focused on the characters, their relationships, their dreams, their ambitions, and who they are and what they want to do. And then the last two, really the last episode, just throws that all down the drain, has one character betray everyone else, Griffith, and kills nearly everybody except for his then best friend, Guts, who instead he, quite literally, as a demon, (laughs) it's a lot, uh, rapes his significant other, Casca, right in front of him. And so I think... It's fair to accurately describe the feeling that Mac is currently having and the feeling that I had a few years ago is this pit in your stomach, this pit in your heart of just like, did that really happen? Like, did I just give, to be blunt, give a shit about these characters for them all to be gone? And it's not like it's any poor writing of the show. It's that I feel so empty and there's nothing I can do about it. Sure, there's there's really. Uh, if you can't tell by the tone of his voice right now, I'm I'm drained. I'm just drained. Um, yeah, I I, I mean, so f- funny enough, and we'll get to it in a sec. Why I um watched the entire series in the past two days. Um, <laughs> but I have watched the entire series in the past two days. Meaning, like, whenever you binge a show, you know that there there's almost. There's almost a greater uh, attachment in the moment. Yeah, it. I'm probably not. It's not going to stick as long term as if I had taken my time with it. But in this very moment, it is hitting me especially hard that like this feeling of I w- I wish that I just hadn't watched it, um, because I am yeah because I'm so upset. Um, Because it's that feeling, I think for me, the best way I can describe the feeling, at least when I experience it, it's that feeling of there's nothing you can do. Yes, yeah. There's there's a sense of helplessness. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and there's always this um, feeling of like, 
I, I, you know, that something bad's about to happen and, or, or, or a bad thing's happened in the plot and I need the writers to come save me now. And usually they do and they keep outdoing themselves by placing a greater and greater obstacle in front of themselves and then they save themselves repeatedly. And with this show, they do a very good job of that where every, like, you're, you're consistently, like, met with a, a greater and greater uh, conflict and at the end, it's not... It's, it's almost like it, – because it, this is the thing. It's not like they present you with a conflict or a problem and then they – and then the hero tries to win or try, tries to beat it and then it fails. It's that they present you with a problem and then it's just over. Yeah. Like it's it's not even like the main character like, – like the main character that you've been following dies. It's not like they um, – go out in some heroic battle or something. It's just that he's pinned down. He cannot fight. And he, I mean, watches all this shit go down and is on the brink of death. And you think he's about to die. And then that's just the end of the show. I think, um, I'll go ahead and say, I think it was a very good choice by the writers of the show uh. to, I, I did a little bit of research, to omit the character named Skull Knight, which is just the edgiest name for a character. Yeah. But Skull Knight... Was this another member of the, the band of... No, Hulk's? this okay. is a completely unrelated character um, that if I'm... <laughs> so it just would have come out randomly. Kind of. Oh. Uh, so, like, he had a previous interaction with Guts. If I'm not mistaken, it's when Guts and Casca makes love for the first time. And then all of a sudden, like, in the middle of the night, Skull Knight appears. And Skull Knight, in a very creepy voice, is like, you are on a path that you are going to get messed up, but, like, keep surviving. And he calls him a struggler. And then he just disappears. And that's, like, the first time you see Skull Knight. The second time you see Skull Knight, he actually saves a character by the name of Rickett, which is, he's, like, a 12-year-old kid. From the, from the dream? From... Not the dream, but... What yes, from so yes, there's a one point in the show. There's a character named Rickett. He's 12 years old. He has to uh, stay back with a bunch bunch of injured, um, because the rest of the group instead they just go straight to hell, quite literally. Um, but the rest, <laughs> but the bunch of injured, they're eaten by demons. Yeah, uh, just hanging out, you know. And Rickett, the episode ends with Rickett tears in his eyes, looking up, and he just yells out, "What the hell is going on?" Uh, Skull Knight actually saves Rickett, and then later on, Skull Knight saves Guts and Casca from hell. Yeah, and so Skull Knight them... is a spiritual entity more than it is a kind of character. It, it, Skull Knight in many ways is probably like a plot device. Yeah, really, um, it's this sort of interesting edgy character that we don't know much about, but he's related in some way into in with the events that have happened like throughout the course of the story preceding what we actually see. Yeah. Um, which that alone, that makes him in, like an interesting character, but it's, but it's kind of superficially interesting, not because Skull Knight, he himself is interesting. Yeah. Unlike Griffith, I would say is a very interesting character because yeah. of who he is. Um, as opposed to what he serves in the story, but he's also interesting in that regard. Um, but I think the showrunners do a very good job by cutting him because making it a clear point the show is not about that yeah that the show is not about what's what comes after guts and casca the show is about 
the relationship between Guts and Griffith and Casca and everyone else in the group, how they deal with their problems, what they really believe in, not only for themselves, but for others and for the people around them, um, and kind of what does it mean to be alive, right? And so what happens afterwards when, you know, Guts is rescued and Casca is rescued is that Casca, um, is, has the most traumatic form of PTSD and becomes like a little girl and how she thinks because that's yeah. just how broken she becomes. And Guts just goes straight out revenge killer mode yeah. um, that we see in the very first episode. So, I mean, this show is absolutely... Exactly. Again. And so what the first episode does is that the first episode is set ahead of the other 24 episodes and you don't know that when you start the show and you're like and you start the second episode and you're like that's really weird and you hear oh something about Baylet, something about griffith this king um guts has a cannon on his arm and a giant sword there's a snake demon guy didn't know we were dealing with this and then the second episode is like oh guts is like 15 now i'm really Which you also see the snake demon for like 0.5 seconds in episode 23 exactly and again nothing they, yeah. they they are really so this was definitely made for people that were aware of the manga yes but i think it also does a really good job of uh, I, I don't want to say appease but making a great show for people who have no interest in reading the manga yeah like you and I, I would say, like after watching this show, I'm at least interested in reading the manga, just seeing what it offers. But Ma mainly because I know there that I, I trust the writers enough, I trust the people that put it together enough to know that whatever um, whatever the show was missing, yeah, um, or whatever questions that I had, that was intentional. That was an intentional choice of theirs. You know what I mean? So like the fact that it felt like Rickett. Like, just, like, nothing happened to him, and he just, like, disappeared off into nothingness, and we never really got to know what happened there. Yeah. Or the fact that the show ended where it did, or the fact that there were a couple loose ends. I was like, oh, okay, so so that makes more sense to me that there are specific reasons why that is, rather than... Right. Um, Kentaro Mura is the original writer of the manga, and he still writes, believe it or not, <laughs> he still writes the manga to this day, but it has wow. been updated since 2018. There are so many things... That has happened. Uh, so much of it kind of absurd. Yeah. Um, but this arc, which is called uh, the Golden Age arc, which is what the anime covers, is, I think, commonly considered to be the best arc. Um, just because of the storytelling and the characters and just what they do I and who see. they are. Okay. And, and, and is, is the manga called Berserk? And the manga is also called Berserk. Now, Everything's called Berserk. <laughs> so we're gonna, yes. So... <laughs> I'm going to say, this is also on me. No, I mean... Partially, it's, it's because I should, I should know my teammates better. <laughs> Fuck you! Last no, week... You're, you're right. You're last right. week, I said for Mac to watch uh, this show, Berserk. There's, like I said before, there is a show in 2016 also called Berserk. Excuse me. Woo! Uh, same Yikes. characters. And, and I said in last week's episode, this show was in the 90s. This show is about Guts and the Band of the Hawk, and this show has 25 episodes. And the 2016 show uh, came out in 2016, has nothing to do with Band of the Hawk, and it has 24 episodes. Mac made the mistake of watching the first eight episodes yeah. of the newer series, which uh, is known for also being not good. So I got really concerned uh, and was luckily able to piece together, wait a second, Mac is watching the wrong show. 
Uh, And that is the reason why he had to watch it in the last two days, the entirety of this show. Yeah. Luckily, each show is 20 minutes, so it's not the biggest burden, but it's still a lot. I think think on Monday night, I watched four episodes. Yesterday, I watched... I mean, most. Like, maybe... Like, like... 10 yeah. episodes? A, a lot. It's a lot. It was a yeah. lot. But now... So I, I've, I've just been absolutely... And, and, and I mean, all, all of my kids at school know that I was watching it because I was little, I was watching it in between classes. <laughs> like in between passing periods. And then would they ask you, like, hey, what are you watching? What are you doing? Yeah, the funny thing is, is that... Well, okay, so something that, I, that, that that's, that's absolutely baffling to me is that most of my kids, middle schoolers, 12 and 13-year-olds, are um, anime fans. They all watch anime. Right. Um... Which I, I thought was kind of strange at first, um, because I figured that you know they they watch Netflix or something, or or they watch and like TV they're shows. at that age, or like they're too, they're too cool for anime. Um, actually, kind of the opposite right oh, now, okay. weirdly enough. So they're actually too cool for Netflix. They're okay. Too cool for <laughs> okay. HBO. They're too cool for um, uh, all the streaming services. They are. They, their thing is is anime um, uh-huh. for the most part. Uh, no video games, no music. I've tried so hard to, 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 to relate to them, but they the only thing that, and again, a majority of them are into is anime. Yeah. Um, Shame that you that... just watched one that you can't recommend to them. Yeah, at all. Well, the funny thing is, though, is that is that they asked me what I was watching. I was like, I am watching a show called uh, Berserk. It's from the 90s, and I can't recommend it to you. And then they were like, oh, no, no, I've already seen it. <laughs> like most of them have already seen this show even though it is extremely graphic and 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 terrifying at the end so so scary and and curses every episode several times yeah and i was like okay well that's um alarming uh but and like and and every single episode features the main characters cutting someone open and then not like like in an anime way spewing blood. Yeah. It's like this that image I I'm never like a really fountain. Got. It really is a fountain. Um and uh yeah so so that was very funny that pretty much all of them knew what the show was already and were like, "You've never seen that?" And I'm like, "No." And they're like, "Oh, well I I guess I'm glad you're watching it now, finally." And None I'm of them like, spoiled it for you? No, a couple there's just there's just one asshole kid. Whoa. I'm sorry, it's just true. And, and <laughs> if he was listening to the show, he'd be like, that's me. Like, he knows who he is a little bit. He, uh, yeah, so he, he held it over me today. So there were a couple times where I was asking him to do work, and yeah. then he was like, um, no, if you make me do this, or if you call someone, or like call a counselor, and like send me to the principal or whatever, I'm going to tell you how, how it ends. No. And oh, I, and, that's and awful. So I know. I was like, well, like, because that's I guess leverage. I can't do that's it. real yeah. leverage. I was like, I guess I can't. I guess I, I guess you're just gonna have to be a bad kid for today. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but, tomorrow, but tomorrow. But tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'll, I'll bring down the hammer. <laughs> so, did you like this show, Mac? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's it's hard to like have that feeling of emptiness of kind of loneliness of helplessness afterwards and like say to yourself man that was a great show wow what a great time i would watch that again like i'm i'm happy that i watched this show again right because when i recommend it i was like i was dreading it because i already know everyone's gonna die I'm going to get attached to everyone again. This is going to suck. I'm going to hate this. I'm not going to have fun. It's going to make good conversation, but I am not going to like watching this again. Uh. 
Except I was completely wrong because instead I kind of looked at it more analytically and was just looking at this show more of as a character study and just examining the individual relationships. It's a well-done show. Exactly. And I was just trying to keep track. Okay, so... I mean, primarily with Griffith, right? Griffith has the most radical transformation, both literally and figuratively. Yeah. Uh, just becoming a demon. And But watching him from the beginning, I was really now more so attuned to watching his growth, watching his arc, watching where he's going to go, and kind of seeing, like, the things he would do. And I'm like, does that track? And everything tracks. Yeah. And the fact... And we'll get to Guts and Costco later. And the fact that Griffith betrays everyone in the end makes perfect sense. Yeah. Because Griffith quite literally will stop, stop at nothing to get to where he wants to get, which is a king. Yeah. Right? And so when you look at all of Griffith's individual actions throughout the show, yeah. they all make sense. Perfect I think sense. another one is when he seduces borderline, I mean really rapes, uh, Princess, Princess Charlotte. Yeah. Like, I don't even... That, that was even... the moment where I was like, oh, and we have our villain. Yes. And it's it's not even... Um, I don't even think, like, Griffith has, like, a sexuality. He just does what he needs yes. to do because the only thing that matters to him yes. is becoming a king. And the only time in the show that we get, like, real emotional sort of anything from Griffith is like two times. It's one when in a Casca, when Casca is telling the story of how Griffith is dealing with a kid losing his life for his dream. Yes. And when Guts defeats Griffith in the duel for Guts to leave the band of the Hawk. Yeah. Like those are the only emotional moments, like truly emotional moments that Griffith goes through but every single moment he has this shield in front of him because the only thing important to him is a throne and a crown yeah. on his head it it, it kind of reminds me of um we had a i think our freshman year or maybe sophomore i think freshman year um we had a world of shakespeare professor that talked uh, that had an entire lecture on um you were in that class right i was not in that oh, class but that i class. had that professor so jasper, jasper neil, neil a yeah. classic oh what a classy dude what a man um he he, he, have a, he had an entire lecture on um the difference between moral immoral and amoral yeah um and how he's like now you know moral is like you have a strong moral compass you 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 abide by that compass Immoral is that you have uh, you, you have an understanding of a moral compass and you act against it. And amoral is the worst and scariest and most terrifying one because that is there 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 is no limit. There is no moral compass that doesn't exist. We 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 purely live to make decisions and there's 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 no consequence. Um, and I think that is what made Griffith so interesting, is that most villains are immoral. And Griffith exactly. is 100% amoral. And and the second I saw that, I was like, that is almost Shakespearean yeah. in the way that that's ha- in, in, in the way that, that character is written. And and I think that's why because of Jasper Neal's theory. I would. Uh, I also want to look at Guts and Griffith's relationship. Yes. Because for so much of the show, also, I was thinking to myself, what is sort of pulling Guts to Griffith? And what is Griffith, um, what is pulling Griffith to guts? Yes. Like, why do they feel 
this sort of strong attachment and hopefully you can you can you have some ideas I do, I on do. this um but their relationship in this show is so interesting and so difficult to articulate why that relationship even exists in the first place but i want to get your thoughts at least maybe on why or what you think of that character relationship and maybe how it serves the story yes by okay. all means. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, I I think that I'm well. Just like you were talking about, it makes perfect sense as to um, what what they give each other, right? Um, because yes, I, well, I I think that guts is more of a, more of an emotional connection, like what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and the only emotional connection that Griffith has to guts is the fact that guts is pretty much his ticket to to success. Yeah. Um, and, and like in in every form and fashion. Yeah. Um, so, so 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 Griffith, like I was talking about, is explained perfectly by the moral, immoral, and amoral. In my mind, the the guts the guts route to the Griffith friendship is uh, summed up pretty well by a guy named um, Jordan Peterson. I don't know if you've ever heard of that person. Um, he's not the most fantastic person. He is uh, kind of a huge asshole in real life, but. But he's kind of a modern-day philosopher. Um, and all of his philosophies are really depressing. Um, but w- one of them is he was like uh, – he, he talks about how whenever he goes and talks to colleges uh, for and, – and most of the people that come out and see him are men. Like at least 80% are men. And, um, and he's like, I, I don't really know why that is until I see which part of my lecture they, they light up at. And that is um, whenever I talk about purpose. Um, he was like – the, the 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 moment in my life whenever I talk about purpose, which is, um, uh, it is a a, a human's purpose, but specific, but specifically a man's purpose to, um, to, uh, work for something greater than themselves, um, and. Uh, uh, You're right there. Yeah, and and, and, <laughs> and, and work with a, a group of other people to accomplish a greater goal. Yeah. Um, that purpose is found in um, in 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 community as well as purpose is found in uh, in work in jobs. Yeah. If you are not working, then there's no possible way you could be fulfilling any sort of purpose whatsoever. Um, and I think that that sums up our friend guts really really well. Um. The, the the show I would say it seems as though the entire show is about guts to struggle with purpose and why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? Yeah. Um, which is super 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 cool, especially for a mercenary in like the Hundred Years War in yeah. England. I think is where they it's are. It's this like mythical world. Yeah, some that, medieval like, thing. Basically, it's England. Yeah. Like, where and, they and are. They're, they're, yeah, they talk about the Midlands, which is like a section of England that is is associated with medieval lore um but i think it sums it up well that uh guts is um that guts is he's drawn to griffith because that is his purpose that that he he has been given a job he is working with a community to fulfill a purpose that is that that is that is greater than himself that makes him feel like he um like he is, he's contributing to something that that that's greater than people, that's greater than humans. Um, but the problem is, is that he eventually figures out that that goal is Griffith. Yeah. I think Guts also realizes that he himself has no purpose. 
Yeah. Right. It's and so he brings this up with the conversation with Casca that like Gaston. Yeah, oh my god, when they're looking over the campfire and it looks like a little bonfire. I forgot how much that's how good that scene is. Um but he's talking with Casca about, you know, like Gaston, like he wants to uh he wanted to be a tailor at one point and this other mercenary, like he wanted to go back to this girl because he wanted to prove something, right? Like all these people had like these little dreams that like all amount together to become a part of Griffith's dream as opposed to Guts who has no dream at all. <laughs> yeah. And the reason and and when you think about if you if you cast your mind back, if you remember, the reason why Guts is with the group in the first place is because Griffith was like you're joining us and yeah. Guts was like no and Griffith was like okay, we'll fight it out. Uh, and Griffith kicks his ass. Yeah. And that's how Guts becomes a part of the group. Not because some Gr- schmo he's, is he's like... Thought, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Not because some schmo was like, Griffith was so charismatic. Oh my goodness. He's going to be king one day. I want to follow him, right? And so it eventually gets to that point with Guts. Um, but it never started with that. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it so fundamentally interesting as Guts as a character. And I think... I mean, if I gave a gold medal, I didn't even think about this like prior to the podcast. But if I gave a gold medal, I would give it. Moment. I would give it to a scene, and oh, I would yeah. give it to the scene where Griffith is talking with Princess Charlotte at the fountain outside of the party, and Griffith is about to. T- I mean, excuse me, Guts is about to tell Griffith that he assassinated the king's brother oh, and yeah. nephew, and then Casca stops him. And Casca stops him. Stops him. That's a good one. And Guts. He overhears the conversation that Griffith is having, saying, like, Griffith only looks at anybody as his equal. Basically, I'm paraphrasing here, if they have dreams of their own. Yeah. It's a hard scene to recognize in that moment how really important it is. Even though, like... I, I didn't even think about that. Exactly. Yeah. And so First when... Watch. when I, Exactly. And when I saw the show a second time, I'm like, how did this scene not ring so many bells for me? Because, like, it isn't like Guts has an existential crisis immediately afterwards. Right. It's sort of, like, trickling throughout. These sort of moments where Guts is just like, what am I doing? He may be in the middle of a fight and he's thinking to himself, like, why am I doing this? Who am I? What purpose do I serve in this life and to myself? Yeah. Um, and Guts realizes that he needs to be more honest with himself yeah. during that scene. And I think it is such a beautiful scene that it's basically right in the middle of the series. And... I mean, the show's really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's clever as shit. And I was talking to Emma about it on the way over here. That it's, um, I, I, I think part of the thing that makes it so fantastic is that the first half, maybe, like you were saying, the first half is uh, just like anime fighting. And you're like, yeah. okay, great, war. Who cares? Um, and it takes you a while. It took me at least a, a really long time to get on board. And then at some point, it switches and stops being about war entirely. And it's like that. This is just like like honestly. Now the fighting is is the filler, and the scenes are the important part rather than the first half of the series, which was there was filler scenes with war. Um, and uh, all of a sudden, it it becomes psychological, and the characters are actually interesting all of a sudden. And I think it does come whenever um, we start seeing a lot more voiceovers, um, which. 
I, I, I really want to delve into the voiceovers. I want to delve into the art of the show. And I also want to delve into the women of the show. I also want to delve into how bad the intro is. Oh my god! It's bad. But we'll get that into that blah, 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 after break. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Artenders with Mac and Dan. This is Mac and uh, I. So I, I, I wanted a special intro. Is that a special intro? Okay. My 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 radio announcer was Hello. Okay. Yes. So, um, we promised to talk about the voiceovers, the art, and the women of the show. Um, as well as the, the poor interest. So let's talk about voiceovers first, yeah? Voiceovers um, in this show, I think, is what turns the show from good to great. Okay. Um, meaning that all of my favorite moments in the entire show are whenever you are frozen in time and space. And, um, it, and, and, and then it just starts telling you what everyone's thinking in the scene. Um, because it, it's, it's, it's just a very... Like like cut to the meat type of uh, storytelling, right? Specifically, because it happens a couple times, but the one where it's the most jarring, I think, is whenever um, Guts is uh, about to leave the the band of hawks, and he has to fight Griffith Griffith for the um, for his freedom. Yes. And so I know what you're talking about now. And so right right before they're about to do it, it freezes. And, like, every single fucking character in the entire scene, it goes, like, through five voiceovers. And it, it's every person that's a part of the scene. It's 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 uh, Griffith and um, Guts and uh, Casca and, um, oh, what's the guy's name? Judo. Judo, thank you. Thank you, Judo. Corcus, um, Rickett. Probably not Pippin. It's not Pippin, but it's definitely <laughs> Rickett. Um, and I don't think it's, 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 it's Corcus. Um, but, uh... Yes, judo. Gosh. Oh, saddest death, by the way. Yes. Landslide saddest death. What I enjoy about the voiceovers in this show, it doesn't really feel this way at the beginning, but it definitely grows on you. And so particularly in that moment, yeah. those voiceovers feel so earned. Yeah. Um, Guts being like, this is it. Casca being like, is this really happening? And Griffith being super analytical of just like, Okay, he's going to go this way. I need to go this way. And so I think it's one of, if not the only... I don't think... No, it's not the only time that you get VO uh, of Griffith's psyche. Um, but I think it's one of the first times. You don't hear Griffith's mind a lot. We are right. forced to watch Griffith do things. But we are never properly introduced to the mind of Griffith until, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that moment. Yeah. And then we get glimpses of it later. And, and again, that's one of his first emotional moments. Yes. Yeah. So it's, as in first emotional moments that we see in real time, as opposed to like in a flashback sure. that like Casca right. is presenting. Oh, right, right. Um, but I mean, but all the same, right? That like we haven't seen Griffith be emotional with this group, uh, this group in particular, yeah. until this moment and with Guts until this moment, right? We've always known in some way that Griffith is fond of Guts. Yeah. Uh, whatever that means, right? Um, whether there's like... Because I think that's relationship so interesting. Like, is there like actual love there? Yeah. Because um, I absolutely... And, and Griffith does use the word love whenever yes. he has a voiceover. And I think I absolutely agree when in many ways Guts is the ticket, right? Guts... I think what makes Guts so special is that, like, he is this malleable sort of 
warrior that Griffith can use for his own ambition. Yeah. And he's not Griffith is not tied to Guts's failing Guts's dream because Guts doesn't have a dream. Guts's only dream is to fight and survive. Yeah. And so there are probably there's probably an avenue in Griffith's mind that like, okay, this is cool. This is awesome. Uh we're gonna rock with this. And we're gonna ride this thing until the pony drops. Right? I don't know where that phrase came from. But Pony drops. And but I think I think that's what enchants and mystifies, right? Griffith so much to Guts is because Guts has no dream. Guts has no ambition. He's just willing to do these things yeah. in some way. And I think it's also maybe something that's going on in Griffith's mind. And this is all speculation too, which is probably the greatest yeah, part. Right. It's that Guts has so much potential to do his own thing and chooses to never do his own thing. Mm-hmm. That do his own thing in the sense of like his own dreams or ambitions, right? Guts is always on his own, but he never does something for his own gain. Right, unlike Griffith. And that's and the complete opposite of that, I think, is what attracts Guts to Griffith. It's that I mean, this man has such a great big dream. Holy crap, I do kind of want to see how this turns out. Yeah. And he really believes in this. I'll believe in it too. And so Guts in the beginning is very much so like the rest of the band of the hawk, and then the conversation at the fountain changes yeah, everything yeah. for his POV. It makes him realize, okay, no, my dream isn't Griffith's dream. I need to have my own dream. And he starts to try to piece it together, and he slowly figures out that Casca is part of that dream. And it's this weird sort of relationship that comes kind of out of nowhere, but it's it comes out of nowhere, and yet it still feels earned, yeah. which is so interesting. I, I would love to have statistics of this show. I, I would love to have moments, or, or, or uh, I, I would love to be able to like pull up like when was the first time that we got like Griffith voiceover? When was the first time that we got a flashback? When was the first time that like so, so that so that because um, because I know that all those decisions were made specifically, but I, I I wish that I knew that off the top of my head. You don't think about how well written this show is when you're in the middle of it. Yeah, no. That and and I think part of it Cause, uh, cause, even though cause the, the voiceovers are great because first couple episodes are arguably not very c- complex yeah. written. And they feel inconsequential, but you kind of need those first few episodes yeah. to really like both sort of set the stakes and set the scene yeah. for the characters and for the setting. But I think what makes you not think... I, I think this plays a factor. What makes you not think about how great the show really is is the art style of the show. And when I say the art style... I mean the sort of production quality of the show. I think the art itself of the show is great. Beautiful. From what I have seen, it is a faithful adaption of Mira's original manga. It is it is both grotesque and enchanting at the same time, which is such a weird combination. Mm-hmm. And for this show, it kind of works. C- could you define uh, manga real quick? Manga, think of it like comics. Yeah. But it's just Japanese comics. Okay, cool. That's 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 the easiest way to describe them. Uh-huh. Uh, usually, they're just one big continuous story, as opposed to like comics um, in the in the states where they'll finish the story. All right, scrap that. But we're gonna use this character for something else. All right, we're gonna rewrite everything. This is a reboot. Blah, blah, sure. Blah, blah, blah. That they sort of revamping the story. I think, if I'm not mistaken, with manga, for the most part, it's sort of one continuous story. But like I said, I want to get into the art of the show and the production quality. 
that I think it's very clear. Uh, and unfortunately, to the show's detriment, I think the show does a lot of things well. It also does some things poorly. And this is where it does things poorly just because of probably the lack of money that they had. That they're, I remember this show being like a slideshow. I don't remember this show being the sort of fluid motion. Not at all. Um, of scenes, of choreography, of characters in a space. It's a lot of very still figures maybe whether, three frames per second exactly and maybe like a head will turn or a head will turn another way but there are hardly any sort of fluid motions in this That's show not, yeah uh, we see a lot of shots of we get the idea of something being a fluid motion let's say i mean we see the shots how many times gut swinging his gosh darn sword through yeah. a person and so but it's one shot, and it's like a freeze frame of Guts swinging at this person, and they do this like sort of like triple take of it. Uh, they'll show the the shot three times in a row, um, but like panning the shot each time. So it looks like there's motion, and you get the sense of motion and this crazy motion that's happening, even though it's just an image. Yeah. Um, and that happens throughout so much of the show that it makes you really sit there and wish to yourself, I would love to watch this show with a bigger budget because I think the direction, yeah. the direction is so well done in this yeah. show. Oh my gosh, yeah. And there isn't a moment, I don't think, I can't think of one off the top of my head that I think to myself, that shot is weird or how they constructed that scene was weird. But it yeah, was always so. like, Man, I wish this was, this was more fluid. I wish my mind wouldn't have to fill in the gaps. I want to bring in, because we just watched this, I want to bring in the final episode, how the final episode starts with a uh, cacophony, is right, not the right word, but I'm going to go with it, a cacophony of demons chasing say, after yeah. the band of the hawk. And it's basically a bunch of still images um, at the very beginning of it all, right? Uh, and we see like hundreds of demons just about to converge on these group of this group of individuals imagine how crazy that would have been if that was like a fluid image that we were actually yeah, seeing yeah right crazy amount of work that would have been needed but our mind wouldn't have to fill the gaps yeah right 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 now i'm responding to the idea of the monsters rather than the the actual monsters like scaring me cuz yeah. i i'm I, I i was never scared really i was just uh, uh, you were horrified so that the characters, yes, were in and this I'll, situation, I'll put, yeah. but not because of the monsters themselves were scary. No, no, no. And well, there, there was just so many clever designs for monsters that I never even considered or thought of. That I was like, damn, that's really clever. And there's also one that I literally looked at Danny and Dan Danny. Because Danny knew how the show ended, I think, was in a certain mindset. You were in a place where you were like, okay, this is about to get really fucked up. I need to prepare myself, right? Yeah. I, I, I basically shut myself down, right? Yeah. It's so much easier to, like, watch this episode cold as opposed to watch the series behind this episode. Yeah, sure, So it's sure, so sure. much easier to shut yourself down and be cold and just, like, okay, everybody's going to die. Uh, awful things are going to happen to Guts and Casca. Everybody's going to die. Uh, it's just how the story goes out. It's okay. Uh, they. It's okay. It happens. Yeah, and and so I I was watching the this this episode. 
like kind of in a like happy go lucky like oh nothing's nothing bad's gonna yeah, happen. Yeah, Berserk. You listen to the intro. You're like, it's yeah. like I know Guts survives. Put your glasses I, on. I yeah. watched eight episodes of the of the next series. I know that he survives, so I think we're gonna be fine. And I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. It's it, it'll be cool because everything else in the show so far has been fine. And <laughs> Danny was not giving me back the vibes, and so I was like, oh, that's not gonna sign. Um, but there was one moment where I looked at Danny, and I was like, okay, look, man, I don't care if you are in in some like 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 you know anime watching mindset or something but we have to acknowledge the fact that this is so fucking stupid is there's this one like one of the first people to die is a fairly unlikable person that even as they were about to die I was like oh, yeah, yeah die I hope they kill him Corcus Corcus hates his guts his guts uh throughout hates the entirety guts, right. of the show because Corcus never forgives guts for killing a few dudes yeah. that attacked him in the first place. So so petty. Um, but uh, he's also just grade A a hole. So it's, absolutely. It's and so um, <laughs> he, he's about to die, or he he he's about to get away from the monsters, whatever. And then in front of him, there's like a just a butt ass naked woman, just a totally naked person right in front of him. And he out loud is like. Oh, woman, uh, my weakness. I, I can't say no to that. Which is just the stupidest, sleaziest thing to say. And he sees it, and he reaches out for her. And then he buries his face in her boobs. And then it pans out. And it's <laughs> it's this giant demon monster with female, like, white Caucasian female breasts. And you're like, that is the most dumb image I've ever seen in my life. That is the stupidest monster I've ever seen. But... I mean, you know, it, it it killed him. That's how he went. But it was. Yeah. And then you see his face in that in that demon's mouth later on in the episode. Yeah, right, right, it's right. It's just like, what the hell? And and that was really clever too, though. And I, I, like that 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 you know, um, guts is coming back and and is is wondering if people are alive. And instead of instead of him getting a firm answer, he thinks people are alive. And then it turns out that the that the that the demons are using the bodies of the people they just killed to play games with him exactly they, they use that throughout the series a lot i saw that a couple times whenever people would would use the 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 bodies of of the dead in order to play tricks on people when you say the series you mean the eight episodes that you accidentally watch what no, do you no, mean? no no i mean i mean the, i mean the 25 the, oh. the, the original like um uh i mean like, like for instance whenever um uh, uh ricket whenever ricket uh is is having the bad dreams as well that's right there's also a guy hanging there and he's like uh what what's up dude like y- you okay and then a monster just appears and you're like oh the guy's already dead it's and you're just... like ricket no he's innocent please don't do <laughs> that know. to ricket oh sweet little boy um and 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 that was definitely a couple times where they they used the art to their advantage they abs- um because they had to work with ideas rather than fluid motion. It was limiting in a lot of ways, in most ways. But in some ways, it was really cool because they could show us a beautiful painting and then we had to build the rest ourselves. Yeah, there were there were a lot of moments during that during the show that did exactly that. That um yeah, it was I mean, just these beautiful, gorgeous shots. Of course, we're always going to want fluidity because we have fluidity in our right. everyday lives. And so we're watching a show. And every not, other show, right. Yeah, we're not looking at a painting, but we are looking at paintings right then and there. So, I mean, they're beautiful images. And so there are times where the idea 
certainly works. Yeah, and and like like for instance, the 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 main villain in the last episode, the guy who the the the, the big brain with the, the gums and the like, also the known kid. as Void, which is of course his literally name his Void. name is Void. Yes. Fantastic. Um. Oh, b- by the way, so sad that we didn't revisit Nosferatu va- uh, Zod. Yeah. Such a good character. Such a good episode. Made my favorite episode. Whoa. Um, one of. One of. Um, that and also uh, probably the episode whenever Casca and, and, and Guts finally got together. Yeah. Was it, was it 21? Uh, it's something like, like that. that. So, um, but uh, the, the, the last villain, he looked so cool because... Um, the main, the most jarring part was his mouth design. Yeah. That it was a skull mouth, and that it was these like gaping teeth, and they and they were connected, right? And the painting of him was so terrifying and was so jarring. And I was like, and, and as I was watching him, as we were watching it in there, I was like, if this person was moving right now, I wouldn't be as scared, or I, 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 mm. it wouldn't have as good of an impact because there's no way to make that image move in a fluid way. Yeah. And make their mouth move and make their face operate. That gives that any sort of uh, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like gra- grace? No. Sure. I mean, like merit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't think of a word. Me neither. Just I failed you. Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you wanted to also. I mean, we're just knocking out subjects. We are. Right. Boom, boom, boom. Well, because I mean, it's 25 episodes, and that's like a season of Avatar. But like, this is a whole series. Yeah. So it's. Uh, it's denser in terms of, like, things that happen to characters, right? Like, yes. Avatar and other shows, uh, if a season is just as long, they're able to meander yeah. a little bit. And that's okay. Like, they're more than welcome to do that because you're just spending time with the characters. Mm. Um, as opposed to this, like, no, we have to make every second count. And and, and that that's honestly one of the funniest and and most interesting parts about the series that makes this series different from most... Most, if not every other series I've ever seen in my entire life, is that um, I'm used to either uh, scenes going fast and the plot moving slowly. Yeah. Scenes going fast and the plot moving fast. Um, but with this show, I, I definitely like it's such slow moving scenes, but the plot moves so fast. Every scene, yeah. something is fucking happening. Like yes. hardcore. And. Uh- and, and it's like hilarious. we said, yeah, and but you don't realize things are happening in that moment. Like yeah. you don't properly realize how important the scene between Guts and Casca is. And I think um, it's because when, it's when they're looking at all all the little fires at the camp, yeah, you don't realize how important it is in that moment. Like you 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 kind of get hints of it, yeah, right, and you don't realize how important something like Zod. Telling yeah. uh, guts, hey, this dude is gonna betray you. Like you know, you're like what? And then he, and then Zod's gone, and then you uh, don't really like reflect on that too much. You kind of remember it for the next few episodes because so does guts. But then guts kind of forgets about it too. He um, does. That's what I'm about to say is that like you you usually get pretty good reminders. They yeah. they remind you like guts will be thinking about something that Casca said. Guts will be thinking about something that Griffith said. Yeah. But or 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 sometimes guts is thinking about stuff that Zod said. But he never really thought about the the most important thing that Zod said, which was this yeah. this guy's like don't don't place your trust in him because he's about to betray you. Yeah. Exactly. And and it's just fascinating because like why would guts First of all, believe that from a demon that just tried to kill them. Uh, and also, I think what's 
kind of human because like why would Gus remember every little thing that Zod said uh freaking two years later yeah right um that's like so when Guts realizes that all these demons right there they all used Baylitz they all sacrificed themselves like they were all humans that sacrificed themselves to become demons much like Griffith just did then he remembers Zod and he doesn't say this is what I think but he doesn't say um what he what he does say excuse me is that so wait that means um and i think kind of filling in the gaps i think he realizes wait all the demons that he that he's looking at used to be normal people yeah um and that's and and that's like another like terrifying realization um but the trickling of information that this show just sort of gives you um like i said doesn't seem important in the moment and then if you watch it a second time or if you just think about it. Like every scene. Is. It's like, how did I miss this? I'm stupid. But you're not because it's just mm-hmm. like all these things are meant to feel inconsequential. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're so, so deliberate. Yeah. Let's get into or let's talk about bad phrasing for a second. But we, we avoided that. Even though oh, bringing light no, to no. Say the original one for us. No, I really don't want okay, to, please. Fine. Um. Let us discuss the women on this show. Because I also want to discuss the women on this show. Because yeah. it's it's this weird line of like justice and injustice this show has towards Absolutely. women. Um, but I, I, as you wanted to bring it up, I wanted to get your thoughts yeah. as to uh, the, sh- the show's treatment of women and how women play a role in this show. Um. I, I think that we can both agree that pretty much every woman in, in this show, except for Casca, is, I mean, shoved in an awful little box uh, of 1997 or, or interpretation on medieval women, yeah. which is, like, you're useless, you just need to, like, make babies and stay at home. Yeah. Um, except for maybe, like, the queen. Oh, the queen was kind of cool. The queen was but she's cool. but she there for like two for like, seconds. Yeah. I just remembered in this moment that the queen existed. I think she, yeah, she, I think she was literally only in two episodes. Yeah. Um, and barely any of those episodes. But the point but, still but, really stands. Yeah. So um, so then th- then the question is is begged with Casca, right? So just like you said, there are a lot of times in which I'm like, man, Casca's really badass. Or Guts even says, yo, she's really badass. Like, yeah. That's she. She. She is like one of the best warriors. Yeah. If you look at her on paper, right there, she's consistently, um, uh, uh, she, she's consistently one of the most powerful characters in yeah. the show. And I want I want to give one credit to how they treat the character. Yeah. Just just one credit in that there is they don't make it a thing. There is nobody in the camp that in in the band of the hawks camp that tries to do any sort of freaky business with Casca. Yeah. They all view Casca as a leader yes. and one of them. And so we don't have to get into that BS which is fantastic. Of, of like Casca is a woman. Oh, we don't respect her. No, all the enemies don't respect her, but everybody around her, all of her allies, yes. like they all know that she can beat their asses in less than a second. Yeah. And, and and I think it's said by at least two, but maybe even more characters. Like they, they refer to her as the sister in arms, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, uh, and then they have her basically become commander yeah. at the end of the show. 
So the people around Casca, I think, tr treat her really, really well in terms of the fact that she's... But how the show treats Casca. Yeah, how Casca treats Casca is um, really annoying at times. Uh, specifically, they, they have her crying all the damn time. I like, did notice that too. Multiple times per episode where I'm like, okay, there's not really a reason for this. And she will even say things like... Why am I crying? I'm just emotional sometimes. Like, my emotions always get the best of me. Why can't I put, like, put these pesky emotions away? And it's like, okay, we don't really need it. There was one specific episode where she, out loud, was like, you, you, like, like it, it, it's really difficult um, d doing this job and, and being a woman. I think that I um, am not able to do it as well because I'm a woman. Or, or she says something along those lines. Where she's like, um, you, you know, like 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 my lady issues are, are getting in the way or something. And I'm like... Well, she did have a period on the battlefield. That that was a thing that happened. But it's like... <sighs> I But I understand where you're coming from. But the from. way she handled it was strange to I me. I think I'm going to try... Oh, that's where the TV remote is. Let me try to kind of put it into words as to how the show treats Casca. Because like I said, I think the show... Both does great things and awful things. I shouldn't say awful, but not the greatest things to Casca. I, like I said, I think they do a great job in having Casca be this role in this, uh, in this mercenary group, this very important role, and really be one, not just one of the members, but one of the most important members. But it always, not always, but it certainly feels like at times, hmm, Casca suffers from woman things. Let's yeah. have her cry all the time, yeah. right? Like, I had no... And of course, like, I'm speaking of this as a man. I should have gotten that out at the front end. Um, and so Wait, I... what? I have um, really, honestly, uh, no right to, to, like, fairly critique this. And because I only have this point of view, I think there are so many times in the show that... Casca's character traits it includes stereotypical woman and it's just really frustrating because I feel like Casca is so much more of an interesting character than that because I I did have the similar feeling of like would Casca really cry all the time like this right I had I think Casca having um the period on the battlefield and not being able to fight was a very interesting conflict uh and resulted in these nice moments between her and Guts. Um, so this, I think this is the difference for me. And it took me two minutes to get here. But I think the difference for me is that they would make Casca cry all the time. Not because of Casca's character, but because Casca is a woman. Yeah, right. I think that's my biggest gripe yeah. with how Casca is written. The, the, the thing that bothers me the most, I think, about Casca is is that um, the, the show operates under that like kind of shitty brand of 90s feminism where they you can tell that every move they make with Casca they're really proud of themselves they're like man really pushing the ballot with this feminism shit huh yeah like 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 man like women are equal yeah and and you can tell there's a little bit of pride in the writing you know and then but but it's really not um it's and I, and like i understand that like the world that was created like 
of course, like the the women in this world, and they allude to it so much that like they are going to have hard times. And so I like the show when Casca brings up the fact there are so there's so much I have to deal with, not just being a soldier, but being a woman too. Yeah. Like that's really important. And like guts realizing that like oh that is really difficult. Like I yeah. could never understand. Like that's really important. Yes, but from just a storytelling perspective, the yes. stakes, the stakes. You're right. And the, but it still felt like at times they were doing a disservice to that character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which was frustrating. But um, I think all in all, she was still a good character. Yeah, um, yeah. Particularly, I mean, some of my favorite moments in the show were still Casca. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wish she was more of her own character, right? Because it always feels like she was riding on the coattails of somebody. Like, I felt like Guts was his own character for so much of it, and Griffith was his own character for so yeah. much of it, that Casca's a really important character, and I wish she was more important. Yeah. And sort of, it's, I can't remember the term, but it's this idea that in so much of fiction, or just written work in general, that oh, it's women... Thank you. Yeah. Uh, would you like to go into detail? Sure. The Bechdel test is uh, basically y you you give an assessment to every single piece of media that you watch, which is, are there any female characters that never that 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 speak to another female character and in that conversation never say anything about a man? And it's not necessarily in this show that Casca needed to speak to another female character, but it always felt like Casca was talking about either Guts or Griffith. Yes. And I... There was never a moment where she was not sexually hunting a guy in the show. Um, that's... that's a... Hunting, <laughs> yeah. But it's true. She was always on the prowl for either Griffith yeah. dick or... Subtly. Guts, yeah. But, yes, I wanted... I wanted Casca to be more of her own character. Yes. Uh, and I think that's one of the disservices that they do. Um, before we wrap up, let's yes. just talk about how bad the intro is. Oh, yes. Let's this grill the... this intro. Woo! All right. So um, it feels like it, it felt way too American. <laughs> it felt like they were trying so, diff so incredibly hard to be indie. It is the absolute fucking worst song they could have picked for the mood and the tone of the show. The tone of the show is a very somber, dark tone, but the intro doesn't have to be that. But the intro should not be this sort of like rock, punky, like, yeah. yeah. Like, we're here to have a good time. And what's funnier is that not only is the song itself bad, um, both for the show and I don't like the song, um, but also <laughs> that the intro itself, the cinematic itself is just like Guts doing these like sexy poses. <laughs> yeah, look at me, I'm Guts. And then just like a flower burning and you're like, it's like what, what the fuck is, is this? this? Clearly this was given to a an intern and they did a shitty, shitty job. It's really disappointing. Whoever made the intro did not make the rest of the show. Because, clearly. and then here's the also the thing. They're in the very final episode where everyone dies, okay, because, and it's set up for that. There should not have been an intro. No. And and I think the, also the, the finale was a two-parter. The finale was a two-parter. Essentially. So they should have. And, and so, there should not have been an intro because the intro, once again, does not fit. And I think they could have done without the credits. Mm -hmm. Right, that I think just guts screaming in pain, cut to black credits. 
And and when I say credits, I mean just like the names of the people who worked on the show. No music, not any of the cinematic that they've had before where you get these right. stills of other characters. Right. Like just a black screen, white text, boom. So that you could more so sit in that feeling of despair. And that's actually kind of why the show is so special is because how it sets up for that despair you feel in the end. And you feel sucker punched. Yeah. Even though you're kind of alluded to it multiple times throughout the show, you're told, hey, bad things are going to happen. And then you think to yourself, eh, they would. you know, whatever. Bad things always happen. Not in this way. Um, and the show should have doubled down on that and on that feeling. And they chose not to. Probably because of some money reason, I'm sure. But just frustrating. So frustrating. The, the, yeah, the... the the intro should not have been a thing. Are there any final thoughts you want to get to before we wrap up this bad boy? Uh, highly recommended specifically to people that don't watch a lot of anime. I, I'm not super versed in the, in the anime world. Um, and this was a really good launching off point because it was um, extremely character uh, uh, centric. Um, so it was a lot more about storytelling rather than uh, uh, images or or fights, or like that, that like stereotypical Naruto, Dragon Ball Z type of anime. Um, so this was a really good launching off point, and it actually gets me very interested in more anime um, of 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 the genre and of the era. You think once you boot up this show, you think this is a show about combat, about war, about all these cool edgy things? It's a very subtly disguised, interesting full of depth character study that you don't expect to really hit you until the end. This show is some is surprisingly uh I shouldn't say surprisingly, but all the same, it is better on a second watch because you notice so many more things mm-hmm. as opposed to just getting everything the first time. It's then, smarter than what meets the eye. Exactly. Um and I think that's what makes this show so impressive and that is what makes this show a classic to so many. And that is a big a big reason why people like us still talk about this show to this day. Mac. Yes, sir. What are we uh what are we looking at next time we uh do an episode of the You better say Tenders? next week. Um yeah, so because we're unsure about uh our, our scheduling for, for the for, for the next episode. What we are fairly confident it is going to uh, hold is that we're going to have a, a, another set of guests on the show. I say a set of guests because it is two. It is it is goons that we are friends with, uh, um, which are or two two dancers we know, uh, Izzy and Hannah. And um, I think what they've decided for us, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna confirm nor deny. Um, it's in the talks. That it it's what? In the, it's in the it's, talks. It's in the talks. In the talks. That it might be a very special Christmas story, but the Barbie version of that story. Um, we might be held against our will. We might be kind of buzzed when we do the episode. Who's to say what happens? But um, I mean, th- I mean, we do have to to to, to uphold the the our Tinder's title, right? So yeah, because we've been doing that. Yeah, yeah. We we've clearly been drinking as we've been doing these shows. So stone cold sober. Um, God, we gotta do that. We will. 
Someday. Oh, no. Anyway, um, so in, until next time, whenever that time may be, thank you guys so much for watching, and uh, I hope you have a good one. Watching? Failure. Ah, uh, listening! Yikes.